Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to an epic episode of the Inspired Evolution. As always, if you're loving the conversations happening here at the Inspired Evolution, hit subscribe, press that bell notification. We'll keep sharing the love with you. Now, this episode features Bo Eason. Bo, when he was recruited in American football, was the best in his position. When he went out on theater stages, he was critically acclaimed as the best in theater. And now as a public speaker, he is the best public speaker in the world. How did he become the best at all these different things? Well, tune into the episode, find out. It was not by accident. He actually has a framework, right, that enables him to be the best at what he's going to do. And he shares that that with us in this episode. Little sneak peek, step one is making a declaration. You make a declaration all the way soul deep out into the world of what it is that you're going to be the best at. I'm standing here fully vulnerable, ready to share with you that I want to be the best conversationalist in the world, whether that's in a podcast, whether that's in a life coaching conversation, or whether that's having a conversation with a whole audience of thousands and thousands of people from stage. Public speaking lights me up. So conversation is the thing that I want to be the best in the world at. Now, when you make that declaration, when you get to that point in the YouTube video, use the comment section in the YouTube chat box area to leave a declaration in the comment section. I would love to feel into what it is that you're inspired to be the best at in the world, giving yourself permission to show up and be the best. Let's bind, let's get behind each other and actually G each other up to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. Big, big love coming to you from this episode from the Inspired Evolution community. Let's tune in and learn how we can be the best version of ourselves. I believe in you. It's just a matter of you believing in you. Let's go do this. Let's find out from Bo how we can be the best versions of ourselves. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, 
and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. I think a small angel just walked by. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is such holy. Can I swear on this podcast? I guess it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want to do. Holy shit! It is such a treat to be here today. We have with us Bo Easton. Bo, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Oh, that's quite an opening. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I better turn it up. <laughs> I don't know if you know how to not turn it up. I uh, I have to admit, I, I felt the pressure today. Today was after a long time. I've had to wake up, make sure I had my coffee uh, because I knew you were coming on board. Um, for those that don't know, tuning into Bo. Wow. There is, I'm super excited. I've been itching to have this podcast on for now. It's really finally a treat to have you here. Bo is his history is a little bit, he's a former NFL standout, um, acclaimed Broadway playwright and performer. He did his one-person show, which was incredible. And now he's an international presence and story coach, and that's going to inform a lot of the conversation we dive into today. Um, but for me, the, the, real, the real kind of hook, line, and sinker is this, the word that haunts him is, is, is being the best. And so I uh, am here. I'm 100% available, Bo, and uh, I know that's a big part of what you what you stand behind as well. So welcome, and it's such a treat to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. For those tuning in, where did this obsession with being the best, like, tell us more about, like, because I even when I hear, like, I now I know you, so it's kind of cool for me to be like, yeah, like, Bo, we're going to be the best. Why are the would we be anything else? But yeah. the reality is for some people, I know when it's kind of like, it can, it, sometimes it can even be a bit icky. It's like, oh, the best, like, who do I think I am? You know what I mean? To be the best. Yeah. Tell us a no, little bit I've about this. Yeah, I've met a lot of people who, a lot of my clients now told me the first time they saw me speak or the first time they were aware and heard me talking about the this this term called the best, they were offended. Like they were like, who does this guy think he is? They were like, who that that's the worst thing that anyone can think to to attempt it was like it's funny i get that all the time but but the way when i was a kid right so i'm the youngest of six kids and we grew up on a ranch so a lot of cattle and sheep and animals and my dad you know when you when you grow up on a ranch um my dad you know everybody woke up early so my uh, my dad, I was the youngest, right? So my dad would start in my oldest four sisters' rooms and I could hear him coming down the hall at five in the morning, right? To wake everybody up. And he would wake, it up, wake us up very specific way each time. Now, just give a little background. My dad um, doesn't talk much, right? Like, so he's very kind of a quiet cowboy, right? But I could hear him coming down. I would pretend to still be asleep even though I could hear him. He, and he would go into each girl's uh, room and he would rub their backs 
and he would whisper in their ear. And I'm glad it's okay to uh, use some foul language because my dad ended every sentence with a cuss word, right? So he would rub our backs and he would whisper in our ears. He would say this exact sentence. He would say, keep moving, partner. You're the best in there. God damn it. Keep moving. Mm. And that's, uh, we woke up every morning to that. And that went on until, you know, we, me and my brother, you know, we were the last two to, to hear this. And eventually he'd get into our room, he'd rub our backs and he'd tell us the same thing. You're the best in there. God damn it. You're the best. So, you know, now, now I'm, you know, 13, but I've heard this my whole life. Right. And me and my brother start trying out for sports teams and try to play little league baseball and these kind of things. And I wasn't even good at baseball. Right. But my dad would go to our baseball games and he would be behind the backstop in his fingers in the chain link fence, yelling at me that I was the best out there. And I wasn't. And so the rest, and so the rest of my teammates were like, you know, giving me a hard time. And the rest of the parents are like, who's this idiot telling this kid that he's the best and the kid keeps striking out. And, and so then I remember this one time, he just every morning, right? So me and my brother now are like 15 and 16 and we were going on our first date and it was a double date. We're going with uh, the Tomasini sisters, right? Hmm. So they were our prince, the principal of our high school. They were the two daughters of our principal. That was a really bad idea. So, um, <laughs> Young so, blood. Right? So, so I never forget it. We're going to the drive-in movies and my dad walks us out to the car. We're about to leave. And he's got me and my brother in like headlocks like this. And he's walking us out to the car to our first date. And I was all nervous. And my dad is, 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 is telling us that we're the best and that we're leaders and we have a lot to live for. And you got to keep your head straight. And the girls are like, what's he even talking about? Like they look so nervous. So we get in the car and my dad goes, dad, yeah, why don't you go back in the house, dad? We got this. And we drove away, right? So years go by of him saying this over and over and over again. And, and eventually when me and my brother, we were like 21, 22, something like that. We finally just kind of surrendered after 21 years, 22 years of hearing this constantly. We just kind of were embarrassed of it, but we kind of surrendered to it. Mm -hmm. And, and then about that time, about the time that we surrendered to it, we ended up being the best at what we were doing. My brother was a first round pick as a quarterback for the New England Patriots, and he took them to their first Super Bowl as a quarterback. And then I was a second round pick to the Houston Oilers. And, you know, it just started our lives off. So later, you know, after I got after I got done playing football and I started to to study, you know, performance like theater and, and writing and. And I just kept thinking back to that term, the best. And I didn't know what I was going to do with my life once football was over, right? Because, you know, you train to be the best in the world at one thing, this, this position in football. And then when it's over, you know, after 20 years, you just go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? Because I trained and it took 20 years to be the best at this thing. But now what am I going to do? Because what I did best was, you know, hurt people, basically. <laughs> you know, if you think about it. When you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, 
um, being the best at hurting people, that doesn't go to, that didn't end up too good in the civilian world, right? So I was always afraid of what was gonna, I, where I was gonna end up. So I just made a, I made a new plan then to go, I'm gonna be the best at whatever I'm gonna do next, that's what I'm gonna do. So at that point, it was like being a playwright and being a stage performer. So I just used that word again, just like I did to be this, uh, this safety in the NFL. I just said, I wanna be the best at that. And I've done it like you know three or four times in my lifetime, it took years, right? But I always have been, a that, that's the reason why um, that I've always attempted to be the best in the world at a thing. Now, look, it's up in the air whether that those I was actually the best or what maybe I was second. I don't know, and you know, mm -hmm. because it's it's objective, you know. I mean, it's subjective mm -hmm. as far as like who's the best. Um, but you know, it's always served me well, and and you know, it, it it's funny when you go back to mother nature right like so if we go back to you know the rules of nature right so i tend to follow mother nature i tend to follow what she says only because i think coming from an elite uh, athletic background mm. um i just like winning right so mother nature as far as i'm concerned is undefeated <laughs> so i always stick with her right <laughs> i do i just i really stick with her and and, what, and then I, I think back, I go, well, what did Mother Nature, when these people come up to me and they go, well, being the best is conceited or being the best is like being too big for your britches or it's a little much, Bo. I just say to them, you know what? Uh, Mother Nature tells us that on the day that we were conceived, uh, 300 million sperm were delivered on that day. And so that was a, a, a swim our first competition, our, uh -huh. a swim to the death, right? So there was no silver medals on that day. <laughs> and there were no, you know, bronze medals on that day. No that participation prize. <laughs> right? And, and, so, and so you and me and everybody listening to us and watching us today, all of us on the day we were conceived, there was 300 million sperm delivered. So the odds were 300 million to one that you would win the first race that you ever entered. Mm. And you did, and you did. You're the champion, we're the champions. So now we're born into this world and now we're supposed to try to prove that we're <laughs> not the best. I mean, being second best, it just seems to me that it flies directly in the face of mother nature. And I don't want to fly in the face of mother nature. I want to, I want her on my team mm. because she's undefeated. So I argue with that. I don't know. How do you, you argue know. with that? <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, yeah, I love that. I love just the, yeah, because it's, it's breaking it back down to first, like legitimately first principles that we're here to win. We're here to be the best. And I think, um, it's, it's, I love that you anchor it back down into just the roots of mother nature and the earth, because it's, it, that's, that's the humble origins of it. You know, it's, it's not from a place of ego that, yeah, I'm the best. Watch me go. It's like, no, 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 no. Like our innate nature, like when we bring it back to just the humility of the natural order of things, like the natural laws of the universe, that's kind of, you know, where we're coming from. It's just the, the acceptance and the grace that is involved in there talking about yeah. acceptance the process, Bo, there's a, there's a bit of a process around going into this. I know you've made some declarations to yourself. If I'm not yeah. deluded, which I often can be, um, there's a yeah. forced process. Um, yep. Do you want to run us through how we sort of tap into, you know, potential yeah. processes? For, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think that the first thing that, you know, uh, that I do is, you know, it, which is what the thing that we actually just talked about, which is, you know, we have to remember. It. So for attempting to be the best that I, for one, for one, that is, there's nothing, there's no ego involved in that. That is the most humbling experience of your life. If you attempt to be the best in the world, like world-class at something, at one thing, it is humiliating because it is it's hard. It's <laughs> difficult. It takes a long time. And so there's nothing cocky or conceited or, or egotistical about it. It is. I hate to interrupt your, you, but I remember like, I remember watching and you're like 99% of the time, you don't feel like you're the best. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole, the, the whole journey to being the best. And I've, I've done it like, I think four, maybe close to five times now, every time the whole, however many years it takes, it usually takes between like 12 and 20 years, right? For most people, every single day until the day it happens, it feels like it's never going to happen. And everyone's <laughs> telling you it's never going to happen. When I was a kid, I wanted to be the best safety in the world, right? So the best safety in the world, that's just a position in American football. So, so to be the best in the world at that thing, it took me 16, 17 years to do it, but it the whole time, the whole way I'm being rejected the whole time. Isn't that weird? Like you think you'd have some indications that you were improving or that you were getting closer to your goal. In reality, it just feels impossible. It I bet it's like I've never been a mountain climber, but like climbing Mount Everest. I, I apparently like every single step, especially when you're getting to the very, to the summit, to the top, seems like an eternity. One step takes like an hour and then you got to catch your breath and then you're freezing and then the wind and all these obstacles. It must feel like every single step, you're never going to make it. And then finally you're standing at the summit. Mm. 
And that's that's the process. So the the very first thing um, I do is I, I, I I've got to get people's mind in the right place. They have to remember who they are. Mm-hmm. And I, that's when I always go back to Mother Nature because she tells us who we are. She gives us the indication that who we are. And then it's, I just find it so funny that you, you, you're born, right? You're born a champion. And then when you enter the world, the whole world's telling you that you're mediocre. They're even promoting that mediocrity is good, you know? And you're like, wait, what? How do, no wonder we're so confused. Our <laughs> DNA is of championship stock, mm. is of world-class elite a competitor. And then we get in the world and the the news media and social media and the education system and parents and coaches are telling us that maybe we're not the best. Maybe you're meant to be, you know, mediocre. Mm. Or maybe we'll give you a little ribbon just for participating. Right. Mm. And we're just, that that's confusing to champions because mm. it's not in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I have this idea, and I think I may be right about this. Um, I think it's easier to be the best than it is to be mediocre, because mm-hmm. we're just not made that way. So we gotta we gotta fly directly in the face of our own makeup, of our own DNA. We have to fly directly in the face of Mother Nature. That's a bad idea, guys. That's a bad idea. And here's how I'll prove it to you. So let's say today we, all of us on this podcast, pull all of our money and we put it all together and we build this great fortress right on the beach, right? Beautiful fortress with the best engineers and the best architects. And we all live there, right? It's a great plan. And we hire the best to do it. And it's right on the beach and it's a fort, it's beautiful. You tell me who can take that fortress out in a second whenever she wants it. Mother Nature could. Mm. Without a blink of the eye, she could go boom, bam, gone. Mm. And that's why I'm on her side. I don't go against that. Mm. I don't go against that, those kind of forces, right? But that's the forces that you and me were... Um, you know, were conceived in. Designed by, built with, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why like when these big, um, big circumstances come up, like the pandemic, right? I always go, I always go to say to myself, like when I remember when 9-11 happened, I just remember, because I was in New York at that time, I was there. uh, And when it happened, there's something came over me like, Oh, no, no, I was born to be here. I was made for this kind of environment, this mm. kind of tragic event. Then when the pandemic started or the fires that they had in Australia or that we have here in California, when those kind of things happen and everybody gets really scared and really panics, mm. I always have this sense of, oh, okay, this is when I thrive. Mm. This is when, what the, re- the, the, the reason that, I beat all those 300 million other sperm that day is because maybe they wouldn't be able to handle this kind of environment. And I was made for this. Mm -hmm. And so were you, if I was, you were because you're here. Mm. So 
that's I, we we have to remember who we are. That's number one, right? Mm-hmm. And then what I do, and what I've always done, is make a declaration. Mm-hmm. And the declaration, I think of it like the in our country and in America, it's a declaration of independence. I always have been moved that 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 piece of paper, that declaration, was written by guys that I don't know. And no, almost no Americans knew or were related to those founding fathers, right? But they declared that we were free. Mm. And they declared what that looks like. We could walk around, we could say what we want, we could have the jobs we want, we could, we could have uh, 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 the religion that we want, we had freedom. And so 244 years ago, guys, we didn't know wrote that, yet we bring that document into existence every single day by the way we live, Mm. which is what I'm doing today here in America. I get to say what I want to say. Isn't that, I mean, what a concept, right? (laughs) But it was, but the declaration, I've always been moved by how we keep it alive. And we embody the Declaration. So I said to myself when I was a kid, when I first learned about the Declaration of Independence, I said, I'm going to declare that instead of my freedom, I'm going to declare that I'm going to be the best safety in the whole world. And that's just a position in football that I was attracted to. So at the age of nine, that's what I declared. And I drew it and I wrote it and I drew myself, right, as being the best safety. Now, I was a nine-year-old kid. Obviously, I was too little and too small and too slow. But in 19, that was in 1969. So by the time 1984 rolled around, you know, I was drafted as the top safety in the NFL. So these declarations, and that so that came true, right? That I I made a declaration and then I lived it into existence, no different than the Declaration of Independence. So when I got done with football, everybody, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I declared a new one. And I said, I'm, here's my declaration. I'm going to be the best stage performer of my time. That's hmm. all I wrote in the declaration. And I drew the picture of a stage. And then uh, I, I went and I found the best stage performer of his time, which was Al Pacino. This was in 1990. Same thing I did with the best safety in the world. I found the best safety in the world. And I said, tell me what to do. How do I take your position? Mm. And I did the same thing to Al Pacino. Tell me what to do. What, if I want to be what you are, you tell me what I got to do. And, and both these guys basically said, hey, man, that's going to take you many, many years. Do you understand this? And I'm like, that's cool because I work good in those kind of timelines. Right? <laughs> <laughs> And so um, Al Pacino pretty much drew out what I was going to do in the next 15 years. I did it. And then lo and behold, I'm on stage in New York City of a play that I wrote that I'm the only guy in. And I'm going out to opening night and I run out to opening night with the lights and the sounds. And I was nervous as hell, much more nervous than facing those 300 pound dudes um, in the NFL. You got all these critics in the out crowd. There. Yeah, right. It's a lot scarier out there, man. Shoot, I would much rather tangle with a big 350 pound dude than facing the critics in New York City. <laughs> 
And lo and behold, I, I take the stage, man. I start the play. We start, I start doing the play. I look out in the audience and Al Pacino is right there in row five in the audience. And uh, I made eye contact with him. I was like, damn, that is Al Pacino watching me on this stage in New York City. And, you know, the play became a hit and it's being made into a movie. And that really led to the next declaration, the next 20 years, which was, um, which was uh, 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 being a speaker and a trainer, hmm. which I never thought of myself as, but I, I, I liked what, I liked some of these guys and these gals and what they were doing, inspiring people and training mm -hmm. people. And I said, I want to be the best at that thing. So there came the new declaration, right? <laughs> and so that's how I've lived my life. And that's how I train my um, kids. They all have declarations. They, some of them uh, change over time uh, since they were little. And then all my clients do this. Um, and, it's, and it's just, it just simplifies your life. You know why? Because you know when you're not the best. Mm. You know, on like every day of my life, I know if my behavior is equivalent to being the best, then I'm probably going to end up there. And I also know, this is the best news, you also know when, you're, when your behavior is not the best. Mm. And so it's, it's fairly easy to know because the standard is so high that you can make the adjustment really quickly day to day. Mm. And then eventually it becomes hour to hour, minute to minute, where if you're not behaving, behaving equivalent to being world-class or the best, um, it's easy. It's easy to write that ship because you recognize it really fast. Yeah. Be yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so polarizing. If, you if, just really see it. It's like, am I delivering to that level or not? Because it's just like that. Yeah. Cool. It's so, it's so simple to execute. It's really, it's, it's really simple. And if people like at first um, it's mechanical, right? Like, so you got to kind of arrest yourself. You kind of mm -hmm. recognize. So I, if I want to be the best safety and now I'm eating a chocolate cake, does <laughs> that behavior, does that match up at all? No. So Maybe this is why people don't want to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody cake. <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm telling you, I know it sounds hard. Mm. I found it. I have found it. And my clients and my kids have found it that it really simplifies your life. Mm. And, and pretty soon what will happen to you. So today, if you, if you made a declaration to be the best in the world at blank, whatever that is, ping pong, ballet, speaking, writing, Baking. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Being a, a husband or a, or a mom, um, it doesn't matter. If you make that declaration, I've, this has been my experience. The people that I've, uh, you know, trained to do this and to just do it, even kids, those things come true. Mm. They, some come hell or high water, whether you're off course 99% of the time going toward being the, uh, the best, it happens. It's so weird. I think it's all in the, I think it's all in the function of actually make, being brave enough to make the declaration. Mm. So if you have that kind of uh, 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 bravery to do it, the courage to actually do it and draw it, you pretty much have what it takes to make the thing come true. And the good, the, the good news and the bad news is most people get upset at themselves for being off course. You can't. 
you're going to be off course pretty much the whole time. And your job is to just keep riding the ship toward being the best. And then that chocolate shapes, shakes, uh, that chocolate cake's going to show up. You're going to be off course. And your job is to put the chocolate cake down after you've eaten a couple of bites. right? <laughs> and that, if you think of your life, that's how it's going to look. That's how it's going to be. There's a couple of things in there, Bo, I want to touch on. So I know we're only at, uh, at the declaration point and there's, there's more steps to go, but the key thing that I want to sort of just, just there's a, there's a gooey bit in there for me that I kind of want to push in on a little bit. Like when you're off course, 99% of the time, man, like just the, the tenacity that's required behind that faith. Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. It's most people, this is when most people quit. So, and me too, like I, I want to quit and I, you can, I, I allow my kids and my clients to quit, but they can only quit for an hour. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 You can quit. Like you can go, Hey man, uh, I know I said I wanted to be the best, like physically fit 65 year old in the world, but I really want to have two beers right now at the bar. <laughs> okay. Go for it. You're going to be off course, but you better get them in in an hour. Okay. <laughs> then you're back on track. <laughs> so most people quit because they're ashamed of themselves. So they have the two beers and they're so ashamed that they had the two beers and they don't have what it takes to keep their promises and keep, uh, and keep on, on track to be the best that they quit forever. Jeopardizes, jeopardizes their identity in that moment. So they, they, throw, right. the, they throw the towel in, baby win with bathwater sort of thing. But you're yeah. giving us permission to just take, take a break and just come back to your story, yep. to your idea. Yes. Yeah. It's just like a great marriage. If you're, if you have a great marriage you, and anyone will, will tell you this, if they've been married for any length of time, like, so you've been married for 20 years or 40 years. It, do you feel like being married every single hour of every single day of 40 years? No, nobody does. So you're off course, right? But, but you're committed to the marriage, so you write the ship. Mm. It's the same thing. What if every time you didn't feel like married during this 40 years, you quit the marriage and you got a divorce? Well, that's, that's not going to end well for anybody, right? Mm. You're committed because the ring, right? If you're married, the ring says you're committed, right? But you don't feel like being married all the time. So we, I never base my declaration or my commitments on how I feel. Mm. I, I, because a lot of times I don't want to be the best safety in the world. I don't want to do what it takes to be the best playwright in the world, but I do it because of the commitment. Now, every time you got to give yourself a break, don't be ashamed of you falling off the horse. The mm. only shame is, is not getting back on. I don't mind if people fail. I don't mind if people quit, but you got to re-engage and stop beating yourself up for falling off the horse in the first place. Right. Mm. That's a great marriage. That's a great commitment. That's that, that, that makes you world-class. Just if you have that mindset to re-enter the fray, you're already the champion. Cause guess what? There's no competition when you're like that. No, everyone else quits on themselves because they're ashamed of themselves. So they quit on their marriage, on their commitments to their uh, weight loss, to their commitments to their health, to the commitments to their um, uh, uh, how much money they want to make. They just bail on themselves. They're so ashamed, they never re-enter the fray. 
Oh, Bo, that's I love I love talking to you. Like concepts just sink in so much deeper. The, the thing that's really precipitating and really like anchoring into my being is, is that quote. It's like our greatest glory lies not in never falling, but in getting up every single yeah. time we fall. And the way you've described that has really just sunk that all the way in for me. Thank you yep. so much. Just the other piece, I know there's like the we're going through the steps, but we're on a little mini tangent here. Just one of the other things was I just wanted to hear what it was like the first time you like when you when you got drafted as the first pick <laughs> as the safety. And because up until that point, it was an idea potentially. Like I made a declaration, like that moment where the declaration became your reality. Yeah. It at that point. It's been so many years, you know, you've worked so hard. You're, here's the strange part about a declaration. So I made it when I was nine and mm. I got, I became the pick when I was 21, 22. It's a long time. Right? Yeah, it's a long time because I had to grow up, right? Yep. I had to go through the paces. Mm. But now the declarations don't take as long because I, you know, I'm fully grown and yeah. most people on this are fully grown. Um, but what happens to um, the declaration is if you're being your declaration, like if you're being the best writer in the world, it happens very quickly. Hmm. It's a behavior. It's being. It's, it's a sense of being. And then the declaration comes really fast. So when I was a kid, I was being... I was actually, even though I was too small, I wasn't good enough to be the best safety yet, but I was being the best safety in here. Mm. I was being it for years before the NFL told me I was the top pick. You understand? Totally. I was being, so by the time they tell you, by the time the world catches up with your commitment to being the, the best at whatever you choose, you're already used to it. So when they <laughs> named it to me, I was like, yeah, okay. I knew that for like Duh! the last eight years. Thanks for catching up, people. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. It, it's kind of like that. And, and, that, and, that, and then it's normal. You're like, oh yeah, I knew that like eight years ago, mm. right? So that that's it's not a shock and it's not a surprise mm -hmm. because you've been training to be world-class your whole life. So and integrated now world, into your being, yeah. yeah. You already knew it, and then the and then the world knows it. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's very cool. But I'm imagining there probably still was a point, maybe like six months down the track, or maybe a little bit down the track. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I made that declaration when I was nine. <laughs> it was like, whoa. Okay, let's yeah. talk about this declaration thing. So coming back to the declarations, what's the next part of the piece for you? We make the declaration. The, the next right after declaration is preparation. And we covered that already. I just kind of led, I jumped ahead of declaration just so that everybody listening to us, preparation is your mind mm. is remember, I reminded you of, of mother nature and, yep. and, and we're actually born to be the best that you really have to prepare your mind for what it takes to be the best mm -hmm. because everybody forgot who they are because mm -hmm. We're so, we're, we get to a point because we see so much news and we see so much, you know, social media that you actually think you're supposed to be mediocre or just kind of fit in and you forget who you actually are. So the preparation piece is all about remembering actually who you are and aligning yourself like you're supposed to with mother nature. So that you're, you know, you're already a champion. Uh, the third step. Now that that one is acceleration, right? Mm. That one's called acceleration. And acceleration, I want you to think of like this. 
I want you to ask this question. So everybody right now who's listening on the podcast, um, don't think about this, but just the first thing that comes to your head, what do you want to be the best in the world at? Don't even think, just go boom, whatever it is, whatever the first thing that entered your mind. Was it a firefighter? Was it a military person? Was it a mom, ping pong? It doesn't even matter. I don't even care. Now, you don't have to tell anybody, right? What that is. Might be your little secret. Let me ask you this. Do you have the stamina and can you run the miles to fulfill on that declaration? That's the first question you've got to ask. Do I have what it takes? Do I have the, the, the stamina, the physicality? The, the, do, do I have what, does this body have what it takes to fulfill on my birthright, which is that declaration? And chances are most of my clients initially say, I don't, I don't think I can make it. I don't know if I have what it takes to run the miles that far and that, that long. So you better get this instrument, which is, you know, the greatest instrument that God's ever created is this thing, this human body, right? You better get this thing together in shape. And I'm talking about world-class shape, right? Like fighting shape. So if I was going to, if I said to you, all of you, hey, you're going to have to fight the greatest fighter on the planet. You have to fight this person in the middle of the ring in six months. What would you be doing tonight if I if I if I said you've got what would you be doing tomorrow morning? Other than what losing sleep. Right? <laughs> what would you be doing at noon tomorrow? What would you be doing next week at noon? What would you be doing in three months the night, you know, three months the night before the fight? I can tell you what you'd be doing. You'd be serious about your life and you would be in peak condition because this thing, this being the best in the world is gonna require all that you got. And most of us aren't asking enough of this body. And our body's kind of bummed out about that. It's kind of soft, right? That's why it gets soft. That's why it sits around in front of the TV because there's no game to play. But I just handed you, or you just handed yourself the biggest game you could ever have, which is being the best at a thing. And that's of your choice. Now you're the one who made the decision. So you better get this body in fighting shape because that's what you're gonna to need to have the stamina to fulfill on this thing. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have what it takes, you wouldn't be able to declare it. You wouldn't. If your body didn't have what it takes to get in fighting shape, it would not have the ability to even make the declaration in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we've all got what it takes. We know that if we just, Consult with Mother Nature for another minute. Shorty knows. Shorty made us one of 300 million. We're born to be standing on top of the box with the gold medal around our necks. We were not interested. It is not in our DNA to be second. So you have what it takes. The last step. So that's acceleration, right? Mm. That makes no, there's no competition out there. Mm-hmm. You get this thing accelerating past everybody else. The last uh, uh, step in being the best is domination. And domination isn't necessarily dominating other people. Mm-hmm. It's dominating this thing that you have. Mm-hmm. It's dominating your own mindset. 
your own belief system. Mm-hmm. I surround myself with the best in the world. So if I want to be the fastest man in the world, guess who I go to? The fastest man in the mm-hmm. world. If I want to be the best writer in the world, guess who I go to? The mm-hmm. best writer in the world. Mm-hmm. If, and you have to, you have to do the same. Mm-hmm. Because they're the only ones that can help you. And they're the only ones who will help you. You understand? Most people think they don't have access to Al Pacino. You actually do. If you have interest in being the best stage performer in the world, he's accessible. You know, if you're interested in being the fastest person in the world, Usain Bolt, who is the fastest person in the world, he's accessible. Because those people have done it. And you need to help from them. That's what domination. You have to have this domination of yourself, surrounding yourself with the best in the world at what they do. So if you need nutrition, you you get the best nutritionist, right? You find them, you search them out, and they're accessible and they're available. And guess what? The person that's the second best nutritionist in the world, the person that's the second best uh in speed in the world, they don't want to help you. They won't help you. Guess why they won't? Mm. They're not standing on top. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's true. It's <laughs> totally true. Only the only, only greatness, think about this. Write this down. Only greatness recognizes greatness. Mm. That's it. They're the only ones that can help because they reckon they see it. They see it a mile away. Somebody comes to them, a little kid like me comes to the best safety in the world, goes, hey, I want to be the best safety in the world. Can you help me? What is the best safety in the world? Okay, I'll help you. What does Al Pacino say? Oh, I'll help you. Okay. Oh, what's like I, I wanted to be a, a best, uh, best screenwriter, right? So I went to the best screenwriter, Frank Darabont. I go, will you help me? He goes, yeah, I'll help you. They help. They're the best. You you guys, being the best is all right here. Mm. It's all right here. And if you got it here, I don't care about anything else. I don't care what your belief system, I don't care how you feel. I don't care what family you came from. I don't care if you have money or don't have money. I don't care what color you are. You got it here. You're world-class. You're world-class here. You're world-class there. Right? That's how you do this thing. I'm smiling like a little kid in a playground. (laughs) Um, You're probably wondering what is going on. Thank you so much for sharing that. The accessibility piece. I think um, the reason I'm smiling like a, like I've just had new teeth installed (laughs) is because I, I totally resonate. And for me, that's literally happening right here, right now. You know, for me, yep. I legitimately believe that speaking, conversation, podcasting are the things that I have made. And I'm not going to lie, like that ability to make an affirmation, a commitment to it was when I first saw you speak on stage, just like make that commitment, get predator about it and yeah. give yourself permission to go there and say, yes, yeah. if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to be the best. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Not from a place of I'm going to be better than everybody else. No, I'm going to be the best me at this that I can be. And right. for me, it's that affirmation that people are accessible in this space. Guys, if you're tuning in, it's literally happening to me right now. Bo is like one of the best public speakers I've ever had the, the blessing of witnessing. 
and the accessibility, it's right here, right now. Like this is yeah. my dream and he's right here and we're having this conversation. Yeah, guess, guess why, just think, ask yourself this question, guess why they're the best at what they do? Do you know why they are? Because they have a generosity of spirit that no one else in their field can, can equal. Mm. So guess what that makes them? If you give all of yourself all of the time, which I would call that generosity of spirit, the willingness to give all that you got, that makes you great on stage, that makes you a great writer, that makes you a great parent, that makes you world-class at anything that you wanna be at, if you're willing to give more of yourself. I was once in an elevator with Mikhail Baryshnikov, the greatest ballet dancer, changed the art form forever, right? So I used to ride in the elevator with him maybe once a week for like a six month period because I did my play in his theater in New York. Now he was like 80 years old, you guys. And he's like about five feet, two inches tall. <laughs> but you can't look away from this dude because he has changed an art form and he knows it. And he only because he was willing to give more of himself on a stage in the art of ballet during a dance. And he trained more than any other ballet dancer there was and there ever be. And that's why he's the guy. And so if that was what I wanted in my life, I would go to him. I would say, how did you do that? And he'll go, just like everybody who's great, man, you don't even want to know because it's a lot of years. And then you mm -hmm. have to say, well, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. And then they'll tell you and they'll show you. I'm it's, really, it's a cool, it, it's a cool life, you guys. And what, you know, I mean, the question you got to be asking yourself is like, so why am I doing something with my life? Like, why do I have an occupation? Or why am I doing something in my life that I have no desire to be the best in the world at? Why would mm -hmm. I even do that? Well, what a, what a, what a waste of the DNA and that, that's that, that what we were born with. I mean, what a waste, right? Um, if you're not a if you're not at least attempting to be the best, uh, I don't think it, I, I just think you're gonna be bored. I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna be distracted and bored with your life. And you're gonna play video games and you're gonna watch TV, and then you're gonna eat too much, and then you're gonna drink too much. Because all those distractions are just filling a void of you refusing your own strengths of you refusing mother nature's whisperings in your ears and you've got to fill that void with something and it usually comes in the in the way of distractions and addictions right so i i almost think that almost every problem in the world whether it's kids or adults almost every problem in the world could be answered with one one uh, statement or one question. So if someone comes to me and they go, Bo, I'm having a problem with this. And I say this, your game that you're playing is not big enough. Oh, Bo, I'm having trouble with my marriage. The game is not big enough for you. Oh, Bo, I, I didn't come from the right family. We're not elite athletes. You're not playing a big enough a game. Oh, Bo, mm -hmm. I don't have enough money to do that, the game you're playing is not big enough for you. 
if you expand your game and make your game the ultimate game, right? The best, that's a game worth playing. That's a life worth living. Mm. And if you think back to, we all know courage is the only thing that's rewarded in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Courage. So only the only the courageous, only the kind of slightly mad or insane would even enter the fray of trying to be the best, right? But that it, that will always be rewarded because of the courage that it takes. Ah, oh, Bo, totally resonate with what you're saying, and thank you so much for distilling it into just so it's like such appetizable bits and I, I love the conversation around it like the story and just how like you're not playing yeah playing too small and getting meta like accepting the bigger narrative that's available like step in again you're better than that and then what I'm hearing is the connection between probably for the first time the connection between generosity and story which is be generous with your spirit, be generous with how you show up. It's not just about being generous and sharing and giving like, you know, the, I love that the, you know, the greatness recognizes greatness. And yes, there's that generosity there, but it's actually, you know, the generosity with, okay. And I I reflect on your own story and I know a little bit about it. And you always being like the, the, like making that commitment to yourself. I was going to be the first one on the pitch and the last one off, you know, that kind of generosity is spirit to show up. Yep. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, that is it. And if you, if, if everybody, you know, like right now you might be going, well, I haven't been living my life like that, but look, you're the author of this story and you know, I'm living out my story and you're living out your story, but you're the author. Like no one else gets to write your story. So you get to do a rewrite if you want. Like I do every, every several years, I just do a rewrite on my story. I go, I, I'm like, I'm 59, so I'll be 60 next year. And I just made a new declaration, right? So that's going to be a, tw- I'll be doing this thing for 20 years till I'm 80, right? So I, there's, it's never too late. You just have to, you have to write your own story, the story that you want to live out and then live it out no different than the Declaration of Independence. All that is is a story that Americans live out for 244 years and we don't, we weren't, we didn't even write that story. <laughs> but we, Morris. but yeah. we bring it, we bring it into existence every day by how we express our freedom. And so you're the author of this story. And this is something we haven't really talked about yet, which is story, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, where it was going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, do you, I mean, do you have a specific question about it or do you want me to just start unpack? Let's in? go. I'm, let's dig in. Okay. Rolling up. Yeah. So story, you guys, is really, you know, it's really the one that encompasses the whole being the best thing. Every time. Mm-hmm. I attempted to be the best at a thing. And this goes for my kids and my clients too. You're, you're creating a story, right? And this story might be impossible. It might be a fairy tale. It might be a futuristic thing. But I'm telling you, these things come true if you begin to uh, physicalize your story hmm. and you start to internalize and become your story. I'll give you a quick so when my son, when Axel, so he's 13 now. So when he was like six or seven, he made his declaration and he, he wanted to do something that has never been done. And so there's, there's uh, professional sports leagues in America, the NBA, which is basketball, and then the NFL, which is pro football. 
And no, no person has ever played in both of those arenas. That's never happened. So in a hundred years, it just never happened. So that's his declaration. That's his dream since he was six. So he draws it up. He writes it up. Ever since he's six, he's been becoming. So now he's 13. He's been training and becoming this athlete that's going to play in the NBA and the NFL, which is so it's never happened. That would be like you and me saying, hey, we're going to live on Pluto. Right. Because that's never happened either. Yeah. So he's slowly over the years is becoming the being the best athlete on the planet. Right. And so much training, so many things that he's missed out on, like the prom or or, you know, or or going to birthday parties when he had a training. There's so many things that this kid is dedicated to. Right. All he's doing with his life is living out a story. And now it, when he turns 21 or 22 in, in a few years, um, seven, eight years from now, uh, all the news in the, in the sports news is going to say, well, this kid's lucky and this kid had it in his genes and this kid is just gifted and you're not. That is just 100% devaluing all the work this dude has done to write a story and bring it into existence with his own being. Well, that's what I teach. That's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to start nailing down your story and then bringing your story into existence. No different than if you wrote, if I wrote a movie for Brad Pitt, hmm. Brad Pitt would have to look at that script and go, how am I going to bring this character to life? And he would think about how's he, what kind of clothes does this character wear? How does this character walk? How does this character talk? How does this character wear his hair? How does this character treat other people? It is no different, you guys. Your body, in fact, doesn't know the difference. Brad Pitt's body does not know the difference between his life and the character he's playing's life. Hmm. He becomes that character, okay? You, over time, will become that character that you're playing out to be the best in the world at your chosen field. Now, not only is that a blast, you guys, it is creative, mm. it is fun, and you're the author. You get to say whether your you know, character has long, crazy ass hair and drinks beer every night. Mm. You're the writer. <laughs> you're the creator of your life. Here's the problem. Most people think that they're the victim of their life instead of the author, you know, because that's kind of how it's been set up in our environment, right? So, so it, it, what's funny about that, you guys, so my son is now 13. And what's weird about it, even though his dream is never, no one's ever done it, just based on his progression and how he's become, he's already being this athlete. He, at 13, he's already being this athlete that he's going to be handed this moniker when he's 21. He's already being it. And so yesterday, uh, he had a big, big day and it was a big successful thing. And somebody acknowledged, you know, his, his, his athletic prowess. And I go, how does that feel? How does that feel to you? Is it surprising? And he goes, no, it's not really surprising. It kind of feels normal. Mm -hmm. Like very straight it feels normal. 
And that's how it'll feel to you too, because this will be just, just the way you live your life. It's just the way you behave. It's just the way. And here's the thing. Um, whoever reaches world-class, what in, in, any, in any field, they all behave the same way, mm. if you notice, right? They all, there's just certain rules that they follow. Pretty simple. Just I've kind of laid those out uh, earlier. Um, and there's certain things that they won't do. There's certain things they won't consume. Mm. They, and, and, and creativity is a big part of that. Their story, they will not betray themselves on their story. They won't, you know, cut their own Achilles heel uh, to keep other people happy. They know they're on a mission to reach the top. And if, they're, if you're surrounded by people who have no interest in you being at the top, those people have to go away. Mm. Right, they're they, they're not they're writing a different story for themselves, and that's mm -hmm. not a part of your story. So, um, uh, there's one thing that I'll, I'll warn you guys about about being the best, about being world class, is that it's lonely. There's some there's a lot of loss that happens uh, when you decide to uh, fulfill on your birthright, when you decide to go, you know, with Mother Nature instead of against her, and it gets it gets kind of lonely. Right, because who are you going to talk to about being the best? Mm. <laughs> you know, there's only a few of you on the planet, so yep. it becomes it becomes lonely. But it's okay. That's okay. No one said that life had to be. You had to be crowded with a bunch of people around you. Mm. Right. You'll have a bunch of people watching you for sure. Uh, as far as the people that you'll be, you know, competing with and participating with, that will be an elite few. But they will be the coolest people you ever met in your life. They'll be so inspiring. They'll be so cool. They'll be so generous that that's all you're going to want to be around and talk and share with. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, yeah. just while we're, while we're at this juncture in the conversation, I'm just inviting the listener to take a moment to just recognize potentially pause for a second, see if you actually have a forward pass on your, on your story. Do you have a vision for your story? And I say that not really to challenge you, but just to sort of bring into mind that oftentimes we're just repeating the past. A lot of us that haven't taken the time to actually, hey, like, what is the vision that I've got? What is this declaration that I've made for what I'm going to be the best at? If you don't even have that, generally the baseline system is just repeating the past, repeating the past. And we're sometimes frustrated with the same problems coming again and again and again. And it's like, well, this is what Bo's inviting us to do is take a moment to author your own story, to write your own story. Now, I just take a moment to pause there because... Oftentimes we don't even realize that we don't have a vision. We listen to these conversations, we, we, we get inspired and we get jacked up on it, but we don't take a moment to go put a pen to a piece of paper and write down your declaration. What is it that you're going to be the best at? What is your vision like in the future? And the declaration could just be one line. I'm going to be the best at, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be so overly complicated. Um, no, the we, simpler, the better. Yeah. Right. And so I just invite us to look in on that. And the other key piece for me is, you know, one of the things that has really helped me on this journey of the inspired evolution, you know, I would never have got started paralysis by analysis, <laughs> a big yeah. part of my yeah. MO, you know, it's like, because 
I can feel it. And I resonate a lot with what Bo's saying. Like I'm always kind of like the innate wanting to be the best, not like by comparison, but just the best me, you know, be the best yeah. you is always, it's innate. But then there's that fear of failure. It's like, oh, like if I start this inspired evolution journey, like there's, there's speakers like Bo out there that are like, you know, they're the best speakers in the world. Or do I even stand a chance? And the reality was, well, the person I'm going to become in the attempt of being that person, the being and the becoming interwoven together, like, is there any other way that I could be? And secondly, the timeline piece, I gave myself 10 years to fail or 10 years to succeed. I took the pressure off. You know, I think especially in today's instant gratification world, three second attention spans, flicking through social media, it's like, we, we don't really give ourselves permission to look. It's like, who am I going to be 10 years from now in that vision? You know, and it's like, okay, give myself 10 years anything I've committed my, and take a second to pause. Like I guarantee you anything you've committed yourself to 10 years for, you've turned out reasonably good at, like you genuinely have. Right. And I'm being humble and modest. When I say that you're pretty fucking amazing at whatever you've given yourself to 10 years for, whether it was your education, whether it was your, your vocation, whatever it was, whether it was your passion, your hobby, your music, your cooking, you're pretty good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So giving yourself the permission to go there and go, you know what, I'm just going to give myself 10 years to being the best at what I want to do. And maybe your timeline seven, maybe it's 13, whatever. Just give yourself permission to go there. Bo, man, the power of the story is, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's the call. It's like, it's the, it's the umbrella within which your work lives in. Um, yep. But I like all these little pieces in there The I know how important story is to, to you. And I know how important the physicality behind it and the generosity is to you as well. It was really a really massive, massive conversation today to sort of dive deep into like declaring it, preparing yourself for it, getting the mindset aligned with it, and then also diving deep into, okay, how do we accelerate and dominate? And, you know, the the biggest thing that I think the Inspired Evolution audience is going to take away, like we're, we're all, you know, on this journey of spiritual entrepreneurs, really. And it's, it's really just the, the humility with which you've granted us access to being the best. That's the biggest takeaway that you've bestowed yeah. upon me. And I, I'm really, 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 really grateful for it. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your presence. And not just today, not just in this conversation, like you've alluded, it's a lifetime's work that you put into this, man. So thank yeah, you so much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And if they, if if they, if the audience wants some help on the story, mm -hmm. you know, on the story part, I can, I can, I can send them uh, a training where they can capture, you know, I'll send a video. Mm -hmm. They 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 text a number, and then I'd send them a video which would really capture their personal story. Mm -hmm. right for them individually if you want me to give that out we'll put that in the show notes that. for sure okay. right so absolutely right. so we'll stick that okay, in there cool. and please use that and to be honest like guys i'm sure that resource is epic go along to bo's website i have never found a blog that i've loved so much like it's there's there's like a quick short summary but the, the, there's like quick five minute videos and bo's general like there there's there's like high-performing individuals that are tuning in asking him questions, which are great questions. And they're distilled in like three, five minute answers. And you can watch it. I love video, <laughs> right? As you can tell, yeah. hey, we're doing this. And it's just, and then if you want to read along, it's it's a great blog. And I got so much out of it, just thinking about story, thinking about performance, about who I want to be, how to rewrite a story. It's it's an incredible blog. So I highly recommend Bo's website. Please check it out. Um, Bo, just one last, or oh, two, I've got two last little questions, if I okay. may be so greedy. Um, just one little piece was this whole narrative and arc of the journey of your life and your story, right? There's the story around performance. Um, I guess what I really want to hone in on is the athlete, the theater, the public speaker, 
being the best. There's this theory, there's this theory around like just the, 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 the performance part of that and how yeah. much like the, what about the pressure part? Can you tell us? Cause some of us feel pressure. Can we just, just, just a quick, before we go, the dance between performance and pressure, because sometimes pressure is demonized. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about what, what, what your relationship I, with that is? It, I, I, I'm, I'm just like everybody else on this planet. I have like a love hate relationship with that pressure and with like nerves and I get really nervous. Like I, I know it, most people go, well, no, you don't seem like you seem like confident. I'm like, I don't feel confident. I don't know how it looks, but I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm a still a little kid just battling to be the best at something, you know? Um, so I once had a teacher that said this to me and it really helped me. Um, my hands used to shake when I would perform. So I would, I'd be like, I don't know if you got, can you guys see my hands, but I would, mm -hmm. I would kind of shake like this. I'd have to hold a paper and I'd shake. And every time I had to do a speech, I would shake. And a teacher, a performance coach, very smart guy once said, Hey, what is that with the shaking? Why do you shake like that? He goes, what do you call that? And I go, Oh, it's I'm nervous. And he goes, I don't think it's nervous. I don't think you're nervous. I think the, the word is uh, love. I think that's love. And I go, what? And he goes, no, no, I think you really care. I think you want to do great. And that's called love for your audience. And that is an expression of love. And that is rocket fuel for you. And you're a lucky man. That's what he said to me. And I go, really? Because this has been a pain in the ass my whole life. <laughs> You know, because before football games, you know, I would throw up and I'd be sick. You know, I was just nervous. Mm. And then same thing with the stage. But I, what, I, what I found out over time, when I played with the greatest, like the greatest athletes I ever played with, they also threw up. Not mm. the, not the mediocre athletes I played with, the best athletes I ever played. With. <laughs> then when I got to, you know, New York and Broadway and off Broadway, I learned that the best stage performers and the best writers they throw up not the mediocre and then as i got into the speaking world i i met a lot of speakers that were re really pretty damn good but they were never nervous they were just like hey man watch me nail this they were like cocky they were whatever anyway what i found was the best at speaking were like throwing up we're like nervous and shaky like i was you guys, so the best part about us is that humanity. The, the, the truest part about us is that nervousness. And that performance coach that told me that, I will pass it on to you. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's rocket fuel. Maybe it's the best thing you got. And so I, that's how I use the whole pressure, pressure situation and nerves in performance. I'm so glad I asked. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And last little question is, I always ask this at the end is an inspired evolution. Uh, what does that look like? What does it mean to you? An inspired evolution? Is it everybody um, living out their best story? Is that, am I projecting? What is yeah. Yeah. Th that is not living out their best story. They're 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 Yeah. We're all ingrained with this. You know, I think we're born with a story, but then we quickly forget it. And then we start playing out somebody else's story. Like if somebody, you know, comes into life 
and they're seven years old and they go to their mom and dad and they go, mom, dad, I want to be the greatest singer on the planet. And the mom or the dad says to the kids, says to the seven-year-old, but you're actually the worst singer I've ever heard. Now you have just taken a sword through the heart from the most important people on, that have been put in front of you mm. that are supposed to love you the most. What they're, they don't mean to hurt you. What they mean to do is soften the blow of your failures because anybody attempting to be the best singer in the world is going to face a lot of failure and pain. And your parents are just trying to save you from that. Well, that's actually a real disservice to somebody's dream, right? Mm. So you're born with this story and this dream of being the best singer and it gets punctured pretty quickly in life. And then you, what you do is you just stop. And then you go, oh, so if I ever pursue a dream, my heart is gonna get, you know, punctured. Mm. And I don't wanna do that anymore. So I'm not gonna dream anymore. And that's our world, ladies and gentlemen, but not us. Not today, not us, right? <laughs> We're the ones who know better, right? Even if our hearts did get punctured, we have evolution. We evolve into that dream, that one that we were born with. You know the one because I asked you earlier. Don't think, I said, don't think. I said, what do you want to be the best in the world at? And whatever popped in your head, that's the one. Mm. And most of us were destroyed for having that dream, right? Re-engage, get back up on that horse, get back in there. That's true evolution. Otherwise, you become somebody who never evolves. And that's the end of the species, right? So mm. if species can't evolve, guess what happens to the species? They de-evolve and eventually go away. Mm. And that's that basically, so you can't hurt the you can't hurt humanity, right? You got to keep pursuing the evolution, which is the dream, fulfilling on that dream so that the species, your grandkids, their kids, their after that, they can go on. They can evolve too because grandma or grandpa or whoever fulfilled on their dreams because they had a dream, okay? Mm. So don't hurt the species. Evolve, uh, follow your dreams. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 